Bachelor Nation, welcome to episode 8 of It's All in the Roses, a podcast where two astrology enthusiasts break down all the loving, fighting, and rose-giving of the franchise. This week, we're doing an astrological deep dive on the married couples from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I'm Susie. I'm Kristen, and it's time to look toward the stars. Welcome to episode eight of It's All in the Roses. This is our first non-recap episode as Bachelor in Paradise ended two weeks ago. So now we're really just going to get to do deep dives into different areas of Bachelor Nation we want to explore through the astrological lens. Um, Before we get into this week's episode, you can check us out on social media. We're on Twitter at It's All Roses, on Instagram at It's All in the Roses. And our email account is it's all in the roses at gmail.com. Quick disclaimer, Kristen and I are not astrology experts. We're mere enthusiasts. The book we often reference in our episodes is called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. That's by Joanna Martine Woolfolk. Um, and any readings we do on contestants are based on sun signs only, unless otherwise stated. In case you didn't notice, we did not release an episode last week, so the week right after Paradise ended, because we're switching things up, and we will be releasing Mm -hmm. episodes on a bi-monthly basis now. Really, we're doing that because, as you can tell, this is a downtime for Bachelor Nation. There's not too much going on. Kristen and I want to be very thorough in the topics we present. Um, We're also going through a transitory period ourselves. Kristen just got a new job in the Big Apple. She's a city Ooh. girl now. Um, and I am a slave to this nonprofit <laughs> in the fall. So, yeah, we just want to present quality episodes. And we want to, like, take the time to think about them and prepare and all, yeah. all that goodness. And save our own sanity in the meantime. Yeah, very important. Very important. This is a passion project. Mm-hmm. Oh no God, producers so here. Really, <laughs> Just it us. It really is a passion. <laughs> We're so cute. Kristen, what is your Virgo move of the week? Well, as Susie mentioned, I started a new job this week. And I was working from home most of the time before. And now I have a train commute into the city. And Virgos love routine. So I really love my new daily routine of having a commute, waiting for the train, having that time to read or listen to podcasts. And then because of where my office is in reference to Penn, I get to walk to work rather than go on the subway. So that's another kind of calming way to start the day rather than having to go on the subway and be on top of all those people, at least while walking, you get some (laughs) space to yourself. Really, only you would describe a commute as calm, though. Yeah. Question, do you, does your train, I'm sure it changes every day, but does your train um, come into the nice part of Penn, like that newly renovated? So far, you know this what train I'm talking hasn't. About? Yeah, this train hasn't, yeah. but at my last job when I commuted, it did sometimes go into that fancier area, which I actually didn't like because the way that I walked to the subway from there, it was like an extra walk if we came out that way. So Mm. it was kind of easier if we came out into the regular part of Penn. 
Uh, it's so nice, though. It looks like a freaking airport in there. It does. Yeah. Kind of. What do you uh, listen to on your, what have you been listening to on your commute? Or do you read? So far, I've been listening to my podcasts. I have a very extensive list of podcasts I follow because, again, I worked from home. So I use the podcast to entertain myself throughout the day. So now that I don't have that time necessarily in the office and, you know, I'm new, so I don't want to be listening to podcasts all day, I download a couple to last the week. And that's how I've been getting through them. That's cute. A lot of book-related podcasts, a lot of TV and movie-related podcasts. I know we, like, run our own podcast, but I don't really <laughs> listen to podcasts. And I need to change that. I'll need to I'll, send I'll you listen- some recommendations. Yeah. Send- yeah, I feel like you would genuinely send me ones I would actually listen to. I would. I kind of listen to, like, this one that's about an art crime it's about the ina gardner museum in boston that one's kind of cool and then i listen to the new yorker ones where like authors read stories i know (laughs) oh you should try the modern love podcast based on the new york times column they have celebrities read modern love columns and then they often have the writer come on at the end and explain the piece a little more oh i really like that yeah that's something i could get behind Modern love. So, speaking of changes, how was your Gemini <laughs> move of the week? I feel like my gem move of the week is always the same, and it always like hyper focuses on that. Gems love changes. They're they're like they can easily adapt. But like, I guess I just do that often. Um, I got a pretty drastic haircut. Um, semi intentionally. I, for those of you that don't know what I look like, <laughs> lately, <laughs> I've been rocking, like, a, I guess the longer bob. I tend to keep my hair short. Yeah, um, I feel so like when that's I go your to go-to. Get, yeah, like, I try to grow it out, and I, I grew it out sophomore year of college, like, when we were abroad, and kind of senior year, it was, like, quite longish, but then I just got frustrated that I can't get it to go any longer so I cut it off so I tend to keep it short and I also dye my hair I've been getting balayages for like five years so um now that I've been keeping it shorter I'll try and get a cut more often but I try to do a balayage like twice a year so I went in for one last week to this new place um that's very tiny and really cute and I really only went there because it was like tiny and cute in this like (laughs) town that I used to teach in but they were so nice I really liked it and uh, I showed the guy a haircut that I like saw online that I like, essentially like an angled bob, you know, which yeah. is the cut I had before. But I showed it to him because I was like, I know this like haircut is really on trend, but the thing that makes it like chic and everything for younger people is that the angle needs to be very, very slight, like. Mm-hmm. almost no angle at all and he was like yeah i totally get that blah 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 and we'll go short blah 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 he when he took the scissors to my hair i was like holy moly this is short i think my hair is the shortest it's ever been right now yeah where is it is it like chin length it- no Kristen, it's like kind of like right below my ears oh really yeah. 
Wait, it's that's like very short. Okay, I guess that's like shorter than your chin. Yeah, it is shorter than my chin. Yes. Yeah, I'm like touching my face right now. It's like <laughs> I would say it's like an inch or two higher, maybe. It's wow. just very strange, but I do like it. Mm-hmm. Like after he cut it, I was like. I had, like, a brief, like, a second of uh-oh, and then I was like, no, this is cool. And I've been getting compliments, so I guess it, like, does kind of work. But I don't know. It just, yeah. I and just how does don't that really make you care. Feel? <laughs> the compliments? Just the cut in general. <laughs> it makes me feel like I need to try harder to, like, th- this is literally my thought every day, like, what am I going to wear when I have a haircut that looks this chic? Mm. Like, I need to... Which I think is a good thing. Yeah. It's going to push me to, like, try to dress better. Not that I dress poor. Everyone, I dress well. I dress very well. But, like, just to put in more effort on the day-to-day because I, like, work in, like, a freaking basement, so I don't really need <laughs> to wear... I could wear, like, my athleisure every day. Mm-hmm. Um... And also probably to, like, keep working out because I don't want my face to, like, look large. Yeah. Oh, that's change. true. I didn't we love change. how that would affect it. Yes. Yeah, that... Changes in that's... the air. Oh, my God. So many changes. Which takes us to our Bachelor <sighs> Nation broadcasts and the change in season of being Libra season. Woo! And Bachelor Libra Nation... Most popular yeah. Libra has already celebrated her birthday on TV for the second year in a row, technically. Hannah Brown turned 25 while performing on Dancing with the Stars last week. And one year ago, she had the first one-on-one day of Colton season on her birthday. Whoa! Hannah B's killing it. That is crazy. I, I actually didn't watch her last week. But you told me it was a very good performance. It was. She danced to Lover by Taylor Swift. And it was very pretty and romantic. It was just very aesthetically pleasing. Oh my god, okay. I'll definitely watch it. Because I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're curious about Libra season. And what other Bachelor Nation people are Libras. Check out our post on our Instagram. At It's All in the Roses. Um, we kind of outline... What did we even do? I don't know. (laughs) We threw in some, like, Bachelor Nation figures in there, a couple other famous um, celebrity Libras in general, and then I think some general qualities of a Libra. Yep. Yep. So check that out. It's all in the roses on Instagram. Yes. And as we mentioned before, we're on the every two week well every week schedule now every other week wow words sorry (laughs) we're Mm -hmm. on an every other week schedule now so some of our news is a little dated at this point but not much happened this week so we're focusing on some old stuff this week but this is one story that kind of flew under the radar because it came at a time in bachelor nation when it hadn't really blown up yet and social media wasn't as prevalent in the franchise as it is now But before Bachelor in Paradise, there was the spinoff series Bachelor Pad, where former contestants returned to the mansion, both men and women, and competed in pairs of two to basically win a lot of money at the end. It was all these weird challenges that were sometimes very 
misogynistic. There was one competition where guys had to throw like balls of paint at the women they found least attractive. It wasn't the finest moment. <gasps> yeah. Oh my but god. On there's one and only bachelor pad couple that met on the show and got married and are still together today. Holly and Blake Julian. And they've been married for about seven years now. And they finally had a baby girl after several years of IVF treatments and trying to get pregnant. Aw, that is the sweetest. Yeah. Very cute. They're very under the radar. Good. We like under the radar couples. Yes, we do. As we'll see today. I feel like, well, we'll talk about it later. But I feel like the couples we're going to talk about today are also very under the radar. In a way. True. If you want to see Holly's birth announcement of the baby, you can check out her Instagram at Holly Julian. And yeah, it's just very cute. And I remember watching this season of Bachelor Pad. I think it was the only season that I watched, but mm. they it was kind of an odd situation because Holly was apparently engaged to another contestant right before filming started. And that contestant was there in the house with them. And then they got engaged, I think, shortly after filming wrapped. Dang. Mm-hmm. OG scandal. Oh. I kind I like the idea of the people, like men and women, being at the mansion, though. I think that's super cool. Yeah, and I like the idea like of having challenges, too. I think with Paradise, yeah. I sometimes get a little bored because the dates are really yeah. so insignificant, and it just relies on people's personal drama. And I kind of like the idea of having challenges there and just having a game to break up the episode. True that. Paradise, if you ever want to do a winter season. Winter games. Or, or winter games, yes. Yeah. <laughs> KP, winter games is number one fan. Ugh. Uh, All the men in sweaters. Libra season. Speaking of a fave Libra, Connor, Connor Staley. Connor and Whitney have broken up after two months of dating, according to People Magazine, because that is what Connor told them. So um, if you guys remember at the reunion is it was it just the paradise reunion they didn't yes. call it like the paradise tell all the paradise reunion um connor said that he and whitney were doing fine that they were doing really well and it was so awkward that whitney was just like not on stage with anyone she was like off to the side in the audience and then i guess a week later he was like hey everyone we're just we're not together quote we rushed into a relationship and we realized we weren't we just weren't connecting anymore, end quote. So, I mean, they only dated for two months. Seemed like a pretty casual thing. Don't think anyone is heartbroken over it. But they were a great astrological pairing. So, yeah. I'm a little Summer Lovin' had me a blast. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and then another quick post-Paradise update, which I'm sure a lot of fans have seen by now. Katie and Chris told People Magazine that they're, quote, so much better now than they were at the reunion. Katie mentioned to People, it had been really hard for us to communicate our differences and what each other needed, especially being kind of stranded and in hiding while separated. Chris is such a man of action and quality time, and he does things for people. And this got me thinking that Chris's struggles in the relationship 
could be more of a matter of his love language than his astrological personality. Mm -hmm. And because most Virgos I know are great at texting because, as we've said, Virgos love words. And Chris has shown he's good with words. But I think maybe in relationships, his love language counts for more than what maybe his natural inclination Okay, everyone, now we're moving on to this week's astrological topic, our deep dive on the married couples from The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. When I, you started kissing all your friends. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss. All right, everyone. Before we start um, looking at the married couples of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, just a little points we want to touch on before. We will not be including paradise marriages or engaged couples. In this episode, we plan to do a whole other episode later on that focuses solely on paradise connections after the show and such. Um, these couples we're talking about today on this episode have beaten bachelor odds and they can, they've made their relationship work for them outside of the boundaries of the show. So our takes on them are solely based on astrology and what they have shown us in past footage from the show and interviews and such. Um, so yeah, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors and in their private homes. And then lastly, Jordan, Jojo, Becca Garrett are still engaged, and Colton and Cassie are still dating, so they do not fall under the married couples um, category, and we will not be discussing them today, but there's certainly the possibility of doing so in a future episode. Also, someone texted me today, um, my cousin did, Mm -hmm. Uh, she's coming over after we record, and I told her I was recording, so we were fine. And she was like, I was out with uh, my boyfriend's friends last night and they were talking about tiny houses or like vans or something that are converted into like, not houses, but like, I don't know, just like glorified camping vans. I don't know. And apparently one of these guys was like, someone on The Bachelor has one. (laughs) (laughs) She literally told them, oh my God, I'm sure my cousin like knows exactly who it is. So I texted her back and I was like, Dean. For sure, it's Dean. OMG, love <laughs> And I sent her his Instagram profile, and she was like, "It's not him." What? I was like, "Who could this possibly There's be?" There's no one else. It's Jordan and JoJo who renovated. Um, uh, it's not a van, but it's like a. Oh, uh, what are those things called? Like a an trailer, RV? I guess. Not an RV. Mobile home. It's, like, not a vehicle. You know how, like, when you move... Oh, like a U-Haul? Not a U-Haul. Oh, my God, wait. I had it pulled up. What is it called in this? Hold on. I literally have the article right here. Shipping container. They renovated a shipping container, and now they're renting it out as an Airbnb. Isn't that pretty cool? Good for them, yeah. I've seen ads for their show. I haven't seen anything um, from it, though. Their show? Yeah, they have, like, a show on CNBC where they renovate stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, 
that's so interesting. <laughs> like, uh, do they? Is she like an interior designer? Yeah, I think that's technically oh. what. Well, she was in real estate before working. I think oh, before okay. the Bachelorette. That kind of makes sense then. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, I just thought it was cool. All right, our first. We will be discussing couples based on their date of marriage. So earliest married to the latest marriage. Um, I'm going to try my best, everyone. Excuse my ignorance, but I don't really know a lot of the older Bachelor couples. So Kristen made me a really dope YouTube playlist. Maybe I'll link it in the show notes. Um, (laughs) Just so I can get kind of an idea of like general chemistry and like highlight moments of these couples from the seasons they were on and stuff. So I'll, I'll really be giving like first impressions. First, imp- yeah, my first impression reactions. I don't know. Opinions. Let's yeah. go. With so to Trista. Start things off, yeah, you go. To start things off, Trista and Ryan Sutter, who met on the first season of The Bachelorette, and Trista is a Scorpio and Ryan is a Virgo. And they married December 6, 2003, and they now have two kids, Max and Blakesley. And you most recently saw them on the Bachelor Babies package that was done during Colton season premiere. And they were the two older kids. I think they're about maybe 12 uh, uh-huh. and 10 now. Those kids were funny, man. Yeah, they thought that their parents met in college. No. <laughs> this was like their revelation, I believe. <laughs> so Blakesley as a name. Eh, it's cute. Not for Weird. everybody. But Okay. So Suze, what yes. was your first impression of Trista and Ryan after watching the clips I sent you? I'm trying to remember which ones they were. The one with Why the really old oh. looking footage. <laughs> I, I know, but who else? Someone else also had old looking footage. Ashley and JP. Oh. Um, Trista and Ryan. Well, I watched um, the clip of their final date. Mm-hmm. Which was just them at home chilling. Very like... <sighs> I don't want this to come off the wrong way. Like, very underwhelming date, but I feel like it is what you would want as a last date. True. Like, yeah. Is that, um, did they used to do fantasy suites or no? Well, was at that, that, that was kind of like their fantasy suite, no? At that stage, I believe I didn't do a deep dive on how the season ran. Because I mm-hmm. didn't see their full season. But at that stage, I believe it was final two. So it would have been after Fantasy Suites. Yeah. And oh, oh, okay. Because Ryan did leave at the end of that date footage. Okay. Yes, he did leave. He did. Yeah. So um, it was like yeah, right before they their proposal. They like obviously had very natural chemistry. And they just seemed really comfortable with one another. So... Our book describes the Scorpio-Virgo pairing as the Virgo being pleased because the Scorpio is possessive and loyal, making a Virgo feel loved and protective. They both admire each other's minds, and the Virgo is more logical while the Scorpio is perceptive and visionary. And they both have trouble expressing real feelings because the Scorpio is volatile but secretive, and the Virgo is more reserved. And you can kind of see this in their 
final date footage again i think linking our playlist of all of this old footage is a good idea so anyone Mm -hmm. who doesn't know can see um their date was very casual it was just them sitting at home eating and ryan seemed very firm in that he knew he wanted to be trista but he was also just a little shy about the whole process which makes sense this was the first season of the bachelorette no one really knew how it was going to go how it was going to end and Virgo also has a willingness to compromise and it seemed like in this footage Ryan was willing to go along with what Trista wanted even though he knew that yeah it could hurt him in the end that's very true I think the whole time like you're saying as now I'm remembering as strongly as he felt for her like I think he brought up a couple of times in the clip that he was aware she was in a relationship with someone else too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was very conscious of that and very conscious of her. And yeah, I could have completely seen him like bending to just whatever she wanted. Yeah. And our book thing she wanted him. Mm-hmm. Our book also <laughs> mentioned the Scorpio's secretive side. And I kind of thought that during the last date, Trista played it coy, which was kind of understandable in that moment. But she almost seemed like she was enjoying like him not knowing the outcome. Dude. Stop. That sounds so twisted. It kind of did, though. Don't you remember? Yeah. Yeah. And Interesting. a quote that she mentioned in her interview footage during that last date was that her final two men were essentially a battle between the dreamer and the realist. And in that footage, Ryan was implied as her romantic choice over the safe choice, which I thought was really interesting. Wow. Oh, my God. I didn't. That's so interesting. I like that. Because I like everything we've talked about up to this point places him as like the realist. Yeah. You know, like very Mm -hmm. Virgo. Yeah, and going Virgo, along, yeah. Yes, going along with the Virgo-ness, the Virgo is industrious, which I mentioned a lot in my Virgo moves of the week. And I think he's now retired, but Ryan was a firefighter, and he can cause trouble with a Virgo's unemotional attitudes, which seemed a little off for him later in life. Tristan Ryan did an appearance on Marriage Boot Camp, which takes reality star couples and gives them marriage counseling it can be very produced i think by the time they were on the show it was a little less produced it was early in the season's run but on marriage boot camp the couple talked about ryan being the one to always say i love you and express his feelings so i think again that plays in with trista's scorpio secretive attitude and ryan perhaps being a little more forward than the typical virgo The Virgo is also analytical and painstaking. And Ryan has a blog. He hasn't blogged on it since 2017. But again, Virgos love words. And I pulled this quote from a 2017 post because I just thought it fit very well with the typical Virgo persona and some of the inkling of feelings that this old footage teases. He wrote, I've spent too much time, too much of my time on the sidelines, a cold and timid soul. My fears are not physical, they're emotional. I do not fear death, but rather run from embarrassment, judgment, and rejection. I'm sorry, but just like 
trying to associate this with like what he looks like physically it just <laughs> does not they don't mesh really i can so... see it especially in the more the, recent footage she's like a all. silver fox he's very cute oh my god he who, really I really well. need to look up a picture <laughs> i don't know he's like the whatever what does he blog about well he hasn't blogged since 2017 but I think it was a lot of relationship stuff, basically. Yeah, obviously, they were the only married bachelor couple for a really long time. And I think, given the sense of mystery that came along with The Bachelorette Season 1, that is so commendable. And it's really kind of crazy to think about how, first time out, they struck gold. True that. Honestly. Yeah. They seem to be very fitting with their sun signs typical personas but they've definitely made it work yeah yeah the explanation of that one is a little shaky because footage of that is scarce and like we said we only have time to do deep dives on what we see and not go back and watch entire seasons but yeah (laughs) moving on to more couples there was a lot more footage there's a lot more familiarity with them so moving on to jason and molly mesnick from the bachelor season 13 jason is a cancer and molly is a pisces well with them i went right into that clip and i think i'd seen this clip before of um some like reunion show i don't know where like this little note you pulled in here Ari pulled a Mesnick. Now I get it because Jason had proposed to Melissa Rycroft and then mm-hmm. he broke up with her to pursue Molly, who is now Molly Mesnick. Wow, dude. Mm-hmm. That was intense. Yeah. Like, and I, like, and we'll talk about it later. Like, Becca and Ari. Becca and Ari, Ari? yeah, Becca and Ari's breakup was horrible, but this was live. A freaking live breakup. No, this one actually wasn't live. This was taped very soon after the season finished filming. It was in front of a studio audience, though. It wasn't, no. What? Yeah, they were alone in the room. If you listen to it, there's no reactions from outside the group. I don't know, I just thought everyone was being quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, okay. That's not as bad. But you Mm -hmm. still had Chris Harrison in front of me. I don't know. Weird. It's a moment that I feel is kind of faded because it happened in a time where social media hadn't boomed. And again, this wasn't filmed live. It was kind of produced without audience interaction. So I think Jason was able to handle it a little more smoothly than Ari did so in the long run he seems generally forgiven for his switch I think because we saw so much of Ari's breakup with Becca it's harder to move on from that yes and like as sketchy as because I I watched this clip before I watched clips of Jason and Molly after like as sketchy as I thought it was seeing videos of them after I was like oh they're so cute Mm. like they're perfect for each other and they have they have kids right 
Yeah. Yes, they married February twenty seventh, twenty ten. They have one daughter named Riley together, and they have Jason's son from a previous relationship, Ty, who was about three years old during Jason's bachelor season, and he's now, I believe, thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I just every it it, it had to happen, I guess. Yes, going into the Astro Deep Dive, Jason is a Cancer, Molly is a Pisces. Our book claims that they're an affectionate, sensitive couple boistering each other's ego. The Pisces is an imaginative dreamer, while the Cancer is an imaginative worker. Both are emotional and sensitive to each other's needs, and they can be a harmonious match. Yeah, I can definitely see that, like... I know I just have more cancers in my life and I feel like cancers are so susceptible to the moods of everyone around them. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I don't in, in those clips, like like, they just seem like so in balance and everything. I can definitely like attribute that. I don't know. To just that, like a flow flow of vibes. Yeah. And the Cancer's dominant keyword is even, I feel. And in Jason's case, Uh during his season, when he said goodbye to Molly at the proposal stage, he broke down into this legendary sob on a balcony. It's still mentioned in clip shows as just the most biggest bachelor meltdown ever. So I think in that case, he couldn't ignore his feelings over a practical Uh choice, which I guess he saw in Melissa. And our book says that the cancer can work up a romantic scenario out of very little raw material. <laughs> Who can't, though? But, like, yes. True. I have a yes. very, like, I mean, me Same. just saying hello to a man is like, oh, okay, we're going to get married. <laughs> Same. Like, good. I'm happy we're on the same page. Jeez. And I think um, I pulled that quote because I think it relates to Jason. Having walked away from The Bachelor, which in the long run doesn't really amount to a lot of time with the person that you choose, and still feeling like Molly was the one for him. Yeah. Um, I, in, that, uh, in his breakup with Melissa, she, she just had this like very raw moment of like, how are you going to break up with me and invite a person that you've already like that's already out of your life back into your life. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. That is actually so intense. Yeah. So, but yeah. Credit to him. But, yeah. I don't know. And, and also, like, Mo- Molly clearly, like, really reciprocated, too. She was like, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's everything I ever dreamed, and, like, I didn't think it would happen, but here I am. So, again, yeah, and that they're very much on the same Molly. wavelength. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The Pisces oh, is a sign of dreams. dreams. Yeah. yeah, they trust their intuitions and feelings. And like you said, Molly said that being back was mm-hmm. with Jason was something she dreamed about. And our book also said that the Pisces doesn't pick the mate on the whim of the moment. So I think in that moment, people watching probably thought, how could she take him back? But I think it was uh-huh. really a matter of her having this faith in Jason that said it was worth it. Yeah, I think probably when Jason let her go, you know, like you said, it had only been a month, but you said this was filmed, Reunion was filmed pretty um, quickly after the 
end of the season. Yes, I believe so. Or what? Yeah, I don't know. So I, it's just like really, if they had developed that deep of a relationship, it's not enough time to get over someone, you know? So I don't mm -hmm. even think it was a matter of she was picking him in that moment. Like she had picked him months ago and was still not over yeah. that. The Pisces woman falls for either the emotionally handicapped man or a strong, decisive man, which I think in this scenario, Jason was a little bit of both. Yes. And, and I think that's what you want. You want a little bit yeah, of both. That's true. I think in his reunion with her, he was more the strong, decisive type. And then when he broke down saying goodbye to her at the proposal stage, he was a little emotionally confused. Yeah. When the reunion, he just, he had to be the strong, decisive type, you know? He might True. have been feeling all types of ways under the surface, but he had to put up that strong front just to, like, convince the women, to convince everyone, you know? Like, yeah. he, he couldn't leave anyone with any doubt. Mm -hmm. um, their rainy wedding. Yes. What? Their the wedding heck? was filmed for TV, and it started but downpouring. Everyone else in the, in the audience yanked out umbrellas. No one thought to put an umbrella over the bride and groom. I just, like, how did that continue? I guess you can't. I guess you quite literally cannot postpone your wedding. Especially like, if it's day of. for TV. <laughs> but, Chris, I, like, I would have cried. But honestly, though, very cute. It was kind of sweet. Like, they still looked really good and everything. They did, yeah. And they, they were, like, enjoying it in the moment and, like, laughing. with. It was very strange, but I think in the long run, like, wow. It's just, like, once in a life. Not, not once in a lifetime, but, like, a one-of-a-kind experience. True. And fittingly. But, like, could you imagine? Could fittingly, you imagine? they're both water signs. <laughs> so there you go. They're both emotional and intuitive because of that. And the Cancer yeah. as a cardinal sign is the initiator, while the Pisces is the mutable sign and adapts to other circumstances. Which again, it was on Jason to ignite the change yeah. in their connection, and Molly adapted her life's plans to go along with it. Yep. Jason and Molly. I'm happy we did this because. I had only known of the, like, him breaking up with Melissa to be with Molly, but I'd never, like, taken the time to, like, get to know them as a couple, I would mm -hmm. say. But I do like them. I think they're, like, very normal and, like, very in love. Yeah. So good for them. And just as a throwback to tell you just how long ago their wedding was, Jason <laughs> Castro from American Idol sang at their wedding. I don't even know who Jason Castro is. He's a white guy with dreadlocks. <laughs> Wait, I know who he is now. <laughs> Thank you for that. He was oh on the season God. with David Cook and David Archuleta. Dude, that was a rough season, bro. <laughs> David Cook is so good. I love David Cook. He sang at Ashley and Jared's wedding. Really? Yeah. Yo, that's kind of big time. That's yeah. cool. Now moving on to Ashley and JP Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum? Yes. Am I saying that correctly? Um, Bachelorette Season 7. They are an Aries-Pisces pair. 
And Kristen says that they're her faves. Yes. So, I love take it away, Katie. Okay. So, Bachelorette, season seven. They meet and get engaged. They get married on December 1st, 2012. They have two kids, Ford and Essie, who are literally their mini-me's. Look them up on Instagram. They're so cute. And JP, my boy, is from Long Island. And he is essentially <sighs> Long Island reality TV royalty in my book. Because, a little bit of background, on Long Island, our local newspaper likes oh to God. run a column giving you updates of which local people were on reality shows and when they got eliminated. So it was a big to-do when JP, a Roslyn native, made it to these finals and proposed to Ashley. <laughs> Where is Roslyn? It's further out. It's kind of... Mm, it's not really close to me. But it's so still how like... So you get it in your papers? Well, our local paper is, like, all of Long Island. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they That's went what? to Hot Skates on his hometown date, which is a roller rink that everyone went to a birthday party at. Oh, my God. Honestly, like, I love the clips you put in this playlist of them. And JP so is cute. hot. Yes! Like, JP is so hot. Yes. And then I come onto this doc... And I see he's from Long Island, and I was like, wow, that just knocked off a good yeah. 15 points. What? <laughs> That's a bad thing, Kristen. Well, let me explain. He doesn't our have typical, an accent, though, or anything. No, our typical Long Island representation on reality TV before JP was very negative and very stereotypical Long Island trash, basically. So JP was like our first positive re representation in forever. So JP did us he, all proud. Yeah, he's very good. As I said, like I had no idea until I came onto the dock and saw he's from Long Island. I do, he's very attractive. Mm -hmm. Very attractive. Yeah. I watched the clip you posted or you included of their first one-on-one -on -one date, mm -hmm. which like very closely resembled um, uh, Kristen Ryan's last. Trista and Ryan's last date, yeah. which I thought was funny. I thought I was watching like the last date and I was like, no way do they have this level of chemistry on their first one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. What was that like, probably like week three, week four? I believe so. Yeah. It was still in LA and Ashley had JP come over to her little bachelor hotel room, wherever she right, lives during the season. And she was having season. like a day, right? Yeah. And JP was like, no, we can just... We can totally do whatever you want. I'm more than happy to like sit here in our PJs and I don't know, drink wine. It was very cute. Yeah. And he, he was very go with the flow, very attentive. She was into it. And then I was like reading the comments because I read YouTube comments now because I'm I have an free. extension on mine that <laughs> blocks YouTube comments. So I haven't had comments on my YouTube on my laptop in like a year and it's great. Why in a why did you suddenly feel the need to block comments a year because ago? Because they're so annoying and they can be so negative. I just like not anyway, having them there. <laughs> I read a comment that was like, the second I watched this date, I knew she was going to pick him. And I was mm. like, true. Yeah. The way they're acting is like end game shit. So yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. And 
I have a theory about why I might love them so much. Well, first of all, this was the first full Bachelorette season that I watched, so it's just very nostalgic for me. But, mm-hmm. like we've said, JP is from New York, Ashley's originally from Maine, so they have that Northeast quality to them that you and I can relate to. And if you think about yeah. it, we don't see many Northeast couples or even contestants on The Bachelor. The most recent one to come to my mind is Jason Tardick, and he wasn't even living in the Northeast when he went on the show. They, but but he's from freaking Buffalo, so that's like, he'll never shake that, you know? Yeah. It's like Bill's mania, and like, fucking Bills are crazy, dude. <laughs> but you're right. Um. Yeah, I find, like, in general, there's not enough Northeast representation. Yeah. Like, I've had people come up here to uh, visit me recently, like, from different parts of the U.S., and I'm like, we're so different. hmm In the Northeast, like, you're just generally brought up on this idea to, like, be more independent and to, like, continue to, like, benefit yourself and, like... In a way, I don't want to be, like, selfish, but, like, you're just encouraged to, like, develop your own career and your own life and everything. And it's not all Essentially, no, and- not everyone gets married by the time they're 24. Yes. And the other, thing, yeah. the other thing I wanted to bring up that actually correlates perfectly with that is um, just, like, a really big focus on education, mm. too. Like, yeah high school, higher ed, um, tech school, anything like that. Anything that I guess we're just like very career driven, maybe Mm -hmm. is what it all roots back to. Um, Yeah, I mean, JP works in construction and Ashley is a dentist. And she was in dental school when she went on to be the bachelorette and she continued her studies. I think she still works part time in dentistry. Right. And in that I, I saw another like post clip of them um and they were talking about how eventually they had plans to move closer to the city but um ashley's residency was taking priority Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know if that would be the case everywhere you know but up here it is so like so common like new york connecticut boston like put in the work have fun while you're doing it, and then you can have, like, real fun and, like, every, everything, like, good things will just come from all your hard work. Yeah, they live in Florida now, and I see that they take their kids to Disney World a lot. So I think they've definitely taken that mentality, like, moving to Florida yeah. was, like, their treat-yourself moment. <laughs> totally. I, I can see that. I like them a lot. I think mm-hmm. they're really cute. They're great. And just another quick note before we get into the astrological dissection of them. This season aired during high school and my friend watched it and we talk about it all the time. And she loved JP because her big celebrity crush at the time was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And JP looked like a bald Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give it to you. He does do you see it? Of. Yeah. I do see it. Yeah. I, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. So on to the yeah. deep dive of Ashley and JP. Our book talks about Aries and Pisces as the Aries drawing the Pisces out of their shell and they're hypnotized by the Pisces seductive nature. The boldness of an Aries plus Pisces intuition create an eventful union and their personality differences complement each other. Um, I can't really 
speak too much to that because I, I don't know how, like from the clips I saw, I feel like their personalities like mesh really well. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how different they may be per se, but yeah. Yeah, I think Ashley was definitely more outgoing than JP. Again, fitting along with their astrological signs. The Aries is okay. very self-assured and dominant while the Pisces is more shy and easily led. And throughout the season, JP mentioned that he fell for Ashley really easily and he felt that their connection was good and he hated having to see her with the other guys. And at their proposal, he mentioned that the hardest thing for him during that experience was not knowing how it would end. Okay, that is fair. I can definitely see it. Like I said, from that first one-on-one, like you could tell he was smitten kitten. Um, So, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, I could see him being a shy guy, I guess, but um, I think he, from that clip, he just, like, seemed like he felt really comfortable with her. So, yeah, yeah, maybe he was shy about their relationship, especially, like, when it came to talking about it with the other guys, but Mm -hmm. I think, all in all, she, like, brought out, yeah, like, the best in him. Yeah, and again, because this is something we so rarely see on the franchise now, JP was 34 during filming. Yes! Oh my god. Yeah, so he was real mature, really secure in who he was. Ashley, I believe, was like 27, 26, a little bit younger. So JP is now like, I want to say 42, 43. So he has always been like very firm in who he was throughout his whole affiliation with The Bachelor. More of this, Batch Nation. We want more of this. I mean, we love our mature seasons, like going back to Rachel and Brian. We loved that season. Yeah, I did really like that season. Mm -hmm. That was fire. Okay. And Ashley is an Aries. She's active, energetic, optimistic. She's a cardinal sign, so she's the initiator in the relationship. And like we said, their first one-on-one took place at home, mostly because earlier that week, Ashley had said goodbye to a contestant that she was really vibing. The contestant was actually the season's villain and didn't feel attracted to Ashley at all, but was stringing her along. So it was a whole big mess. And that was when JP came in and was trying to be that comfort for her. That is crazy that that happened, like, at the beginning of her season. Yeah. But yeah, I think he, like, I always feel so bad for the guy. And I think it does happen every season that there's just one guy that royally messes up and like Mm -hmm. leaves this huge burden on one of the other guys. But I feel like they, from the, I don't know, this on uh, Hannah's last season, was it Tyler? I think Tyler had to, yeah, but like one of the guys that had to like, go on a date the next day i think it was like tyler and yeah, maybe it garrett was. might have had to to an extent and they've mm-hmm. all taken it like with such grace and like they really prioritize the bachelorette so golden eggs very very cute yeah okay and going along again with everything we've been saying about jp the pisces is receptive intuitive They have a seemingly bottomless understanding of other people, which, again, I think just sums up all of JP's attitude on that first date. And a little cute tidbit about their first date, the card that JP received beforehand said there's no place like home. And a couple of years ago, I think at this point, JP posted a picture on Instagram of the date card on their fridge in front of a family photo of them with their kids. 
cute. Okay. So the Pisces man is known as the eternal charmer and they can fall in love easily and possibly choose the wrong woman, which JP alluded to in their first date, having several loosey-goosey relationships throughout his 20s and 30s. And essentially at the core being an attentive and romantic man, which, yes, of course. (laughs) And during his proposal, this really stuck out to me. After reading a bit from the book, he said that he knew he had to take a leap of fate to overcome his fear of rejection. And the Pisces have a tendency for self-undoing. Like, meaning? Self-sabotage, basically. Oh. Yes. Next, we have Sean and Catherine Lowe. They are from The Bachelor Season 17 and a Scorpio Taurus pairing. It always blows my mind how many more seasons of The Bachelor there has been than The Bachelorette. Mm. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, this was years ago, right? And it was already Season 17. Yeah. Well, The Bachelorette took a few years off, I believe. Like, oh, early 2000s. Why? I don't know. I think just low ratings maybe at the time. Yeah, early 2000s was also like a weird TV time, I feel Mm -hmm. like. Um, Yeah. Sean and Catherine married January 26th of 2014. They have two kids, Samuel and Isaiah. Still one on the way? Yeah, it's due in January, I believe. Cute. So, I actually like kind of followed them before like I I feel like I do actively follow them one because I think Catherine is like the cutest person I've ever seen in my life like yeah she's really seriously she like I follow her Instagram and everything I think like her personality is super great um I love seeing like all the family things she posts and Sean is like so Mm all-american and like possibly the love of my life but not really (laughs) I don't even really know that much about them, but they're yeah. so cute. Oh Their my kids goodness. are adorable. Yes, also that. Um, yeah. So Kristen I has actually, met them. Yes, I met and interviewed them at an event last December. Maybe we'll link one of my articles from that interview in yeah. the show notes. But when I met them and got to speak with them, they seemed really comfortable in their roles during these press moments. Catherine was more assertive and energetic during the interview while Sean was low-key and kind of piped in with the jokes that you would kind of expect in that social setting. So they seemed very adorable to me. I also met them at the same event that I met and spoke to Becca and Garrett, which again was Mm -hmm. kind of the same vibes. It was still very early in their relationship. So I do have kind of a funny sound clip that I played for Susie Mm -hmm. last time we saw each other for that (laughs) interview. But moving on, (laughs) during their season... Catherine getting so far felt a little random because she got Mm -hmm. virtually no edit before her first date. And she was also portrayed as the very hippie and liberal girl compared to Sean's traditional all-American persona. Um, and like, what do you mean by hippie and liberal? Like, just how so? She was from Seattle. There is stuff about her being a vegan, which I don't think she is anymore because they live in Texas. But (laughs) she was very... Compared to the other girls that got far, she was seen as very much like the total opposite of Sean. Oh, that's so interesting. But I feel like that's why they work, too. And mm-hmm. I feel like in the clips I watched, like, 
Sean was literally like, she's like, she's so different, but like, she makes me feel so giddy and like all this stuff. I, I love like opposite couples, opposites attract, truly. Yeah. Um, so when did she get her first date in the season though? Not early on? No, they were on location. Like they had moved somewhere. Uh-huh. I believe it was in Canada. Okay. I want to say I don't know the specific. Was it like a like a Lauren Ari thing? Possibly. I feel like Lauren was like not until her first date, which was in like Paris or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the Taurus and the Scorpio are each other's polarity, and our book describes Mm -hmm. them as a passionate pair, but they can both be jealous and stubborn. The Scorpio is thrifty, while the Taurus likes to spend on creature comforts. They can both be stubborn. They both want to dominate. And Sean and Catherine have actually been open about their early struggles as a couple, especially when Sean was on Dancing with the Stars immediately after their season. They talked about how it probably wasn't the best thing for them to do at the time, but they've obviously grown past it and they seem really strong now. But they definitely had those bumps in the road at the beginning. What wasn't the best thing for them to do? Be engaged? Being on Dancing with the Stars so soon after their engagement. Mm. Because that's such a crazy schedule. They can't spend too much time together. True that. And I thought the description of the Taurus woman fit Catherine so perfectly. It described the Taurus woman as a natural earth mother who loves and nurtures and gives up her strength. And Catherine just comes across as such like a homebody, a girl's girl. She just feels really natural and peaceful. Yeah, I totally get that. And I feel like that's part of why I, like, of everyone in Bachelor Nation, just, like, randomly, like, follow her and, like, general, like, genuinely check up on her and stuff. Because she's so, like, accessible, you know? Mm. Yeah, I just, I really like her vibes. And I, I like Taurus women in general, too. One of my best friends is a Taurus. And uh, I think... Like, this whole natural earth mother, like, they're very um, nurturing, Mm. like, of all. Just, like, any relationship they're, like, invested in, they'll do anything for that person. And I I love people like that, that just, like, give themselves wholly. So Mm -hmm. she she is truly, like, the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yes. Textbook tours. Truly, truly. Yes. Yeah. And Sean is a Scorpio man, projects what our book calls the aura of mystery and power. They have a thoroughly masculine presence, and they can be hard to form a relationship with because a relationship is exactly what the Scorpio wants. Do you mean like the relationship has to be exactly how he wants it? I took it more as a relationship is exactly what he wants so he's not going to settle uh-huh. for something for anything less okay right and the scorpio yeah, man mhm the scorpio man will also never allow a woman to dominate him and i have seen cases oh. of them having a very traditional lifestyle with the man in kind of a leadership position Dude, i know yeah yeah that wife swap video mhm which again Whoa. i think it's very produced, but at one point, yeah. Sean and Catherine were on Wife Swap with Jason and Molly Mesnick, and Molly in Catherine's place was a little caught off guard when Sean left a list 
saying that Catherine did all of his chores during the day and maintained the house. And this was before they had kids, very early in the relationship. I think they've mentioned how produced it was, but it was still very much trying to present this picture of Sean as the very Mm -hmm. strict Southern old-fashioned guy. Yeah, head of the house, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was weird. But yeah, hope that's not the case now with the kitties. And I don't think it is. Like, they seem so, like, lighthearted and just in love. I don't know. Yeah, having kids has really seemed to ground and strengthen them. Yeah. I like them. I really do. I'm looking forward to baby number three. Do you know? Do we? Do you know? Does the world know if it's going to be a boy or a girl yet? No, they haven't said. Okay, I like that. I hope they don't. Mm. <laughs> Next, we have Desiree and Chris Siegfried from uh, Bachelorette season nine. They are an Aries and Sagittarius couple, married on January eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. They have two kids, Asher and Xander. Yes. So the big thing about Desiree's season after it was over was that she was really into a guy named Brooks who eliminated himself at the final three stage. And this caused viewers to believe that she settled for Chris rather than truly loved him. It was kind of like a Rachel Peter Bryan scenario where one relationship just got so much screen time that the viewer was led to believe that there was something that maybe didn't exist for the people involved. Mm. Where I, I think it's so funny how these like, like situations repeat themselves. Like mm-hmm. the show, in a way, is so cyclical. Yeah, there's just like enough of a buffer in between for you know generations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> Des and Chris have uh, always yeah. been a very low key, normal seeming couple. Des has always struck me as kind of guarded and reserved post-bachelorette. She doesn't really try to explain her actions from back then now. She sees it as it's in the past. There's no need to rehash it. And Chris has always seemed very normal and chill. I would say out of this list, they're probably the most forgettable just because of how normal Oh my god, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be mean. (laughs) Yeah, they were just, they're so normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and as an Aries and Sagittarius, the book calls them a perfect match. They're perfect temperamental match, perfect match overall. They're both active, spontaneous, social. Their only conflict may be because both of them are impulsive and brutally frank. And they each have a good sense of humor and enjoy each other's company. But yeah, that sounds completely ideal. And I noticed that with the Aries woman... She loves a challenge, and the more aloof a guy is, the more she wants him, which I think fit Desiree's relationship with Brooks, the guy who self-eliminated at a final stage. She thought that that was what she wanted, but I think it might have been a case of the chase being more of what she wanted. And Mm. in actuality, the Aries woman wants freedom and total togetherness and wants to meet a man on equal terms. And I think she found that in Chris. And she mentioned in her proposal footage that Chris was always at her side. And it turned out that her biggest love was always right in front of her. Yeah, you know, it always ends up being that way. Mm -hmm. I feel like even like me, I 
100% always prefer the guy that's like super aloof and just like could not care less but then Mm -hmm. it's like oh you have this great person that's been with you like throughout that like whole crazy thing and sometimes it's too late and other times like des and chris it's not so like good for them yeah also like self-eliminating final like at the very end is so sketchy it is i mean brooks is so sketchy and rumor has it he was initially (laughs) pegged to go back on paradise this year but they didn't bring him in interesting and he would have been like an older guy yeah right Mm -hmm. weird okay and chris is a sagittarius man the book's description didn't really seem to fit chris they call the sagittarius man a charming lover that can be a poor choice of a husband and that he is really quick to just move on to the next thing which i didn't see in chris i think he's a very solid guy the book says that the Sagittarius man prefers an easygoing approach to things, which I think does fit with Chris. He just seemed very constant in his love of Des. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that you uh, um, have included here, like, I thought his proposal to her was so sweet and so mm-hmm. genuine. And uh, again, like, very um, reassuring of the Bachelorette and the decision she's making that it's just like how... How could you say anything bad about a guy that's like putting his loved one's interests first, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. And post-engagement, Desiree even said in kind of an update package posted by The Bachelor that it feels like we're high school sweethearts. Awesome. Very cute. You know, that like fresh love. Yeah. Still exciting. Mm-hmm. Still Weird and scary and all this. And now we have our recent couples. I guess we have Ari and Lauren Lyondike from Bachelor, The Bachelor season 22. They are a Virgo Scorpio pair. They were just married um, January 12, 2019, and they have one baby girl, Alessi. Wow, this couple. <laughs> just did anyone see it coming? I, I did not. No, not lasting. Not lasting. Fair. Fair with that. So as we talked earlier about Jason and Molly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jason and Molly. Ari pulled a Jason. Um, He had originally proposed to Becca Kufrin, um, who was then the following season's bachelorette um, before realizing that was a mistake. Um, They had a very incredibly long and awkward filmed breakup. Um, that was just like so raw. Um, and then Ari leaves Becca and goes to find Lauren to ask for her back. And she accepts and the rest is history. Um, in the end, I feel like Ari and Lauren, their personalities were just better suited for each other. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I like what you 
wrote here about Becca mm -hmm. and Ari's astrological compatibility. Becca oh, is yeah. an Aries, which again, Ashley and Des are also Aries. So it seems to be a very good personality to be a successful bachelorette if you're an Aries. Yeah. I think just like in general, for this kind of situation, Aries is such a good sign because Aries, they're very like, they're the decision makers. They're like, uh, they like to express power. They, and I like have dominance not necessarily dominance in relationships, but I think they really like to assert themselves. And I feel like that was so prominent in Becca's bachelorette season mm. that when I look back at this now, I'm like, it makes complete sense that Ari and Becca would not work out because I think Becca needs to be an alpha in her relationship. But Ari also wants to be the alpha in his relationship. And you cannot have two alphas in a relationship. Hence why Becca pro, uh, is with Garrett and not Blake. That mm. is my big theory on this whole thing. But um, yeah, Lauren is so much more. What is the word? Low key? Not like low key. I want to say like subdued she's very like easily um not like persuaded but i feel like you can just tell her what to do and she'll do it you know and yeah. she won't really like fight you back on that much of it and that's kind of why i think ari and her work because i feel like ari maybe like sean or someone they're just like older they want kind of more of the traditional true relationship trope mm -hmm. Um, and so this, Ari, Lauren, go ahead. <laughs> this Virgo Scorpio pairing, it's actually a repeat because Trista and Ryan are also Virgo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trista and Ryan, you said, Oh my god, wow, throwback all the way. So they're both possessive and loyal, and that makes the other feel loved and protected. Um, they sometimes have trouble expressing their real feelings, and I think this just really like harkens back to Lauren's entire storyline on Ari's season like it was constantly a struggle uh for him on their one-on-ones or just like on alone time to have Lauren bring up like substantial <laughs> life facts you know and stories and stuff wasn't it like on their one-on-one -on -one, she almost got sent home because she was literally not saying anything yeah, I remember they were walking around whatever city they were having the date in, and she would just be like, wow. Wow, wow. I just saw your note here. <laughs> and then, crazy. do you remember, I think it was an Ari Lauren conversation, Ari asked the woman, so what do you do when you wake up every morning? And then she's like, oh, well, I wake up, I make coffee. And he was like, oh, I don't think I meant literally. Like, what do you do when you wake up? But <laughs> uh, Whatever, Ooh. they seem happy. <laughs> they seem so happy. Um, the only thing in a Virgo-Scorpio pair, there may be some conflict about who runs things, but Virgo's willingness to compromise keeps Scorpio tractable again i think i don't know how much that would apply here because i feel like lauren is like so malleable but then i found this great quote under scorpios in our book um that scorpios live on many levels and they present a calm and smiling face to the world but they're very persistent and extremely strong-willed under the surface 
And I just like really thought back to, um, again, like with uh, Molly Mesnick, is, yeah. is that the last mm -hmm. name? You know, just that whole experience they went through after the season ended, just like being alone and being kicked out of someone's world. Like, I don't know. I just think Lauren is like so strong to be able to have gone through that and come out on the other side. And I feel like she did give Aria a little back and forth. Like, okay, if this is going to happen, like, I don't know. I need like some sign of commitment, like legitimate yeah. commitment from you. And I think so in that, the like, aftermath, yeah. they were definitely yeah. a unit. I remember when they went on the mm -hmm. view together and announced yeah. their wedding plans. They very much had an attitude of, this is what we're doing. We don't care what you think. We know everyone hates us, but this is what we're doing. Yeah. So I think whatever conflicts they may have had like they successfully like pushed through and now they're like the cutest people ever on their instagrams with alessi married in hawaii freaking gorgeous look like the twilight wedding in clip. So. <laughs> have you seen pictures of it yeah it literally looks like the twilight wedding yeah lauren legitimately said that that it was inspiration oh like I want my wedding to look like that. <laughs> so they're better. They're a couple that were better post fashion. I, I I by better I mean that I liked better. Yeah. After the season. I think they've grown on a lot more people. Much like Rachel and Brian Abasolo, hey. who I could not stand during their season, but now they're so chill. Rachel and Brian, obviously from Rachel's season of The Bachelorette, that's season 13. They're a Taurus-Aquarius match. They were married most recently, August 24, 2019, in Cancun. Um, and a lot of Batch people were present, which Chris and I talk mm -hmm. a lot about how surprising that is because it kind of seemed like Brian was a lone wolf on his season. But yeah. there were a ton of guys from that season um, present. So, again... I just feel like that uh, boosts them as being well-liked and different from what maybe they were like on cameras. I don't know. Again with this, we had another devastating breakup that we had to watch with freaking Peter K. Oh, Peter <sighs> K. I miss you. <laughs> no, not my Peter. Oh. At Peter. At Peter. Weber. What is Peter's like? Weber, oh god. <laughs> um, I didn't even think to look into Peter K's astrological whatever. He's fine with his dog and his gym. He's good. <laughs> um, so fun fact: Brian received the first impression rose because he really like came on strong. Uh, <laughs> okay, I saw your addition here intense makeouts on night one um so we all knew that rachel had very strong feelings for brian from the beginning he had a really weird hometown visit like his family was just super intense and they i think really just did not like the premise of the show yeah and the fact that like brian had made it so far and like things were so real um but then after this like whole breakup with um peter <laughs> Brian proposes and Rachel accepts because Rachel wanted that proposal. She wanted that proposal at the end. Brian could give her that proposal. 
And then after their season, they just kind of like dropped off the face of the earth, but like in the best way. They'd like pop up once in a while, like here we are, living our best lives with my dog. Yeah. Traveling around. Again, one of the more mature couples. Rachel is the oldest bachelorette we've had so far. Brian was 37 during his season. Wait, how old is Rachel? She is now, I think, 34, maybe, but she was like 31 at the time. 37? Yeah. It was he a whole big so thing. Young. She was wondering. Well, this was a thing when the season aired, remember? I said, that's what 37 looks like when you don't have kids. <laughs> True. That's what 37 looks like when you got that Latin blood. True, that too. True. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so you're a Taurus-Aquarius match. Um, an Aquarius, which is Brian, looks for openness and self-expression in a relationship while a Taurus, Rachel needs security and comfort. Um, I pulled this out because I think this was like really consistent with um, Brian and Rachel's personalities. Like Rachel from the beginning was like, I need you to not play games. And I like want something very serious at the end of all of this. And I think Brian did too, but I think he was much more... Um, what is the word? He was much more flex with like how he expressed that. You know, like he, mm -hmm. he was down to have fun and like be goofy and all this stuff. Um, our book says that ultimately Taurus Aquarius is not a good match because the Taurus's possessiveness drives away um, the Aquarius. But I don't see that being the case with Rachel and Brian at all. Like, I don't really see any uh, bad possessive feelings, you know, any ill-fitting possessiveness. Yeah, I think uh -oh. any possessiveness that could have been there was out the door once The Bachelorette was over. I agree. And, and like I note here, I think being out of the public eye was so good for them. Yeah. So good for them. And they, and they as you said, like they're one of the more mature couples. They both knew that they just needed to mm -hmm. peace out for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And Rachel said consistently long before they got married that she knew it was brian and i think nowadays people freak out if bachelor couples aren't posting about each other constantly on social media but again rachel and brian are older rachel has reiterated several times that if it wasn't brian for her she'd know she wouldn't still be here with him if it wasn't him oh yeah and you know rachel's not one to play yeah. Like, no way she would still be with a guy if he wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo. Love my girl, Rachel. Love her. Yes. And those are all the married couples in Bachelor Nation that met on The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Woo! Honestly, not too many. I mean, it's growing. Um, I feel like... It's growing, Jojo yeah. Jordan, Becca Garrett, I feel like they're oh, definitely right. on the way there. They'll join the club. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So we so hope you enjoyed our first attempt at an off-season astrology deep dive on Bachelor Nation. For our next episode, we want to hear what you guys think. We're going to have some social media polls about what topics to do next. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah, we'll be giving some options. We'll also give you guys 
um, the opportunity to throw out your own suggestions. Maybe you'll have an idea that we hadn't thought of before. And yeah, this episode will be out first week of October. And that listener guided episode will be out third week of October. As always, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.